Yeah, always always mounts it like a fish. <laughs> that would be good. <laughs> On the board, like in half. Oh, have it turn its head and sing <laughs> yes. to you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, we are a little twisted here for sure. I All still right. want to know if there was any bodies found, because seriously, they need to go dredging that area. Well, they the bodies were found, but they were all in the crappie. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> the crappies. I'm going to call them crappies. That's crappy. Crappies. Hi, I'm Tony, and welcome to the Jeep Talk Show, the premier show for Jeep enthusiasts and hardcore off-roaders. Whether you're new to the Jeep world or a seasoned Jeeper, we've got you covered with latest news, tips, advice, and help to get the most out of your Jeep. On tonight's episode, uh, in our news stories, 40-year-old Jeep found while fishing. No, I'm not talking about a fishing trip. I'm talking about there was a Jeep underwater in the fishing hole. <laughs> what kind of wow. lure do you use for that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wait a minute. How about and fishing line? What line do you use to pull that out? Hmm, a lot. This will be good. <laughs> and in Newbie Nuggets, Wendy gives us a ham license update. So th- is this another thing in California where they make you buy a license before you can buy a ham? For, yes, I mean, what do you for do pork. for New Year's? For, for pork, <laughs> yes, because they're now restricting pork coming into California. Oh, my That's a whole other story. God. So, <laughs> no, and, no bacon. In our Gladiator yeah, update, Imp, uh, or EMP, I like Imp, Imp-proof your Gladiator. EMP-proof your Gladiator. Is anybody <laughs> else imp- concerned with the, the current administration starting World War Three and having a, yes. a nuclear attack on the United yes. States? <laughs> well, or if Tom, Tom Cruise needs it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, uh, we're going to be talking uh, talking about how you can uh, EMP-proof your vehicle and fairly cheaply and simply. Uh, and in our must-have stuff for your Jeep, a steel dead pedal driver footrest. Does anybody know what this is? Um, yeah, I, I know what a dead pedal driver is, but your, yeah, feet shouldn't, these, your feet shouldn't be there if you're Jeep. Yeah, these aren't new. I mean, they've been around for a long time, but the, apparently it's just not something that has been a recent thing. They, they used to be pretty pretty common. Uh, after taking a, a long drive to Easter Jeep Safari, I think this would have been very pleasant to have uh, have over there. But we'll talk more That's about true. that. I, I think we'll talk more about that here in just a little bit. Are you ready? It's time for the Jeep Talk Show with hosts Tony, Josh, Wendy, and Chuck. Well, howdy, it's Wendy, and did I pass the ham test or not? Hmm. Hi, it's Larry, and who all's going to the Toledo Jeep Fest? Perfect question. I was going to ask that question here in uh, this segment. So let's just start with that. Who's going to the Toledo Jeep Fest? And we'll we'll start with our hosts. Um, I wished I could, but it's a bit of a drive, and I have a trade show to do. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, Duke and I are going to be there. We're going to leave Friday. We'll be there uh, all day Saturday, and should be interesting. Is that a relatively close thing for you, uh, Larry? Because I don't under- really understand the distances there. I mean, how many Texases is that? <laughs> well, it's, seven, it, it, it's seven and a half hours, so it just depends. Oh, that's I guess, a good drive. Yeah, you know, so where, where, where you're going? Yeah. Well, that's about a quarter Texas. That's a, yeah. I was going to say that's about a half of Texas. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a quarter, but you know, I digress. <laughs> we'll start a new thing. How many Texas is that? How far are you driving? How many Texas? <laughs> we, we should do that. But, well, that's uh, that's quite a commitment, Larry. So hopefully, you're going to get meet some people, take some pictures, share with us how it went. Yeah, it should be good. I was talking to actually uh, Chris today, and he said that they're reporting that all of the vendor spots are all taken. So uh, it ought to be some good content and everything. Mm-hmm. I'm still find, waiting to find out uh, where Julianne from Wrangler Her is going to be, but she actually has a spot at, out at Toledo Jeep Fest. 
and uh, our, our Jeep Talk Show listeners will be able to uh, visit with Julianne uh, and Chris. Uh, as soon as we find out where the spot's going to be, uh, we'll be coming up with a time frame that Chris is going to be in that booth so that you can run by and meet Chris. And actually, he uh, he got 50 brand new uh, Jeep Talk Show stickers to uh, hand out today. I know. Somebody's going, 50? Well, you, they'll, they'll be qualifying. Things that things you have to do to qualify to get a Jeep Talk Show sticker. I love it. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> I, I know that one exactly. I don't just randomly hand them out. Uh, so people are going, you rat bastards. Just hand exactly. out stickers. Everybody hands out stickers. No, no, no. Uh, we, <laughs> we, we, we have some qualifying things. Well, well there's some qualifier type things. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, and uh, speaking of qualifiers, uh, Patreon, you know, we have a goal of 100 Patreon subscribers. We're currently at 33, and you know, we've been hovering there for the past couple of weeks. We haven't had any new Patreon subscribers. So what's going on? Is it is that all we're going to get is 33? I mean... No, you, got, you have to have well, hope. It's going to happen. But didn't we just also get a new uh, discount code that you can, you can throw out there for everybody? Uh, I'm not well. I'm not going to throw it out there. I'll put it on Patreon. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'll see what you did. Well, it, yeah, but uh, yeah, the uh, buy two way radios. Uh, you can actually get a discount on the. Is it is it KG one thousand G or K one thousand G? The wash on uh, GMRS uh, dual band. Yeah, the KG one thousand P actually is is the new one. Is it okay? Uh, and uh, the, the, I wonder if that one has a dimming uh, uh, display. That would be not nice. that we could find. Yeah, not that we could find. Yeah. So that seems like, seems strange to me. They wouldn't have a dimmer on there, even if it was a manual dimmer, where you could just set it with a like a screwdriver or something. But uh, yeah, and, and it's really cool. It's a five percent discount, not just on that radio, but anything from buy two way radios. Dot com. I, I don't think Patreon has it fixed yet, but uh, so if you use the app on your phone to get to Patreon, you can't get to the discount codes. But if you go in through uh, your web browser on your phone or desktop or laptop, uh, you can get the discount codes. Don't ask me. I don't know. I don't write their stuff. Uh, it's frustrating, especially when you have people that are very interested in using the discount codes that we provide for our Patreon subscribers. Uh, and they can't get to it. It's it's frustrating for me as well because I want you guys to be able to get those things because you know we try to make it uh, a point to get those things for you, the Patreon subscriber. But uh, as always, ad free content, exclusive access, uh, and uh, and much more. So just go to jeeptalkshow.com/contact and become a Patreon subscriber today. It's the best five bucks you'll spend to get started in your subscription. All right, so a uh, quick update uh, on the uh, the injury that I uh, uh, injuries I sustained uh, by uh, going and uh, trying to take the trash out. <laughs> that is, massive spider web. That yeah, I mean, there's something about a spider web in your face that just freaks uh, you the hell out. It is. It's it's not good. You're gonna, yeah. get, gonna get arachnophobia. So <laughs> I, uh, I I I, re- I reviewed the security camera footage, and uh, it's really strange. Uh, I mean. Uh, I just uh, went backwards and fell backwards and hit my head on the the house next door uh, and uh, uh, damaged my hand. I guess when I was f- falling back, I put it back there and there was something, um, I don't see anything sharp, but I definitely did uh, some damage to my hand and actually quite, caused quite a bit of bruising. I didn't notice it until a week later that I had bruising on my wrist. Uh, and, well, that's, that's usually what happens when you have injuries like that that are internal. You don't see the bruising for a couple of days. I don't normally get bruised, though, but I guess this is because of uh, my age. <laughs> but you age. also don't, it's also yeah. you don't normally fight a, a big spider web. 
<laughs> well, I mean, falling isn't isn't a big thing for me. I've been doing that from uh, from when I was uh, oh, young. Oh gosh, I, I love it. we had uh, my mom's house. Uh, it was uh, it's up on blocks, so anytime there's any kind of uh, noise on the floor, you can hear it throughout the house. So I could just be standing there, 14, 15 years old, just standing there, and I'd fall down, and I'd hear my mom from two or three rooms over. They were used to it. Uh, you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> Just get back up. Why, why did you fall? I don't know. I just fell. So uh, probably haven't probably haven't made it a point to headbutt the neighbor's house. So oh man, that was a new one. So uh, the uh, I, I struck the front uh, part of my leg, the shin, uh, just above my foot uh, when I fell, and the only thing I could figure is my my right foot, the back of my right foot, the heel probably hit the back, Ooh. the front of my shin. And it caused a bump, and but there was no break in the skin, not really. I mean, I guess that it was somewhat slightly broken. But anyway, uh, so that was, it hurt, but it was fine. I was walking around on it, but it progressively got worse. My foot uh, was uh, starting to swell. It was turning red. You could, see, you could see some blue from uh, the blood, like uh, mm-hmm. not uh, circulating. I, I, the doctor actually called it bruising. And it was getting worse and worse. And I, I guess today it was slightly better. Uh, and... Uh, but I had made an appointment, went to the doctor today, and uh, she looked at it, and she goes, uh, yeah, it's infected. And I said, but, oh. I, but I, didn't break, I didn't even break the skin. And she says, well, yeah. you have little areas all, along your leg that the, the infection could have got in. I mentioned about pick, taking, uh, going to take out the garbage, and she says, well, you know, it's, it's kind of a dirty area. So it, it's uh, uh, likely that you just got an infection because of where you were and uh, the oh. injury and stuff. So she, uh, she uh, prescribed me some antibiotics. And uh, wants me to keep a, uh, a close look on it and make sure my toes don't turn black. <laughs> I'd blame oh, the spider. Exactly. Yeah. Where's spi- that lawsuit? Spider was, bite. <laughs> you know what? If it was California, we'd be looking for that spider to sue him. That's right. There would be a, uh, a California uh, Prop 65 warning or something on that spider. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> on the web. Yeah, on, on the, the web. web. <laughs> we told you. It's posted. Oh, I'm Here's sorry. your fault. <laughs> Nicely done there, Larry. <laughs> on the web. Uh, so uh, anyway, I uh, just took my uh, my first antibiotic today, and uh, I, am, uh, I am working. Actually, this whole week, I've been working injured. And uh, when I say working injured, it's because if you have never had a foot that feels horrible, I mean, this is significantly painful, and I and walking up and down stairs, I have to get my mind in the right spot. It takes me about three or four minutes just to get up out of bed after having my wow. leg elevated for a while. I can literally feel my blood and any other fluids that's in your body rushing down my leg into my foot. It, it is so sensitive. Well, you need to keep an eye on it. Yeah. So I'll tell you guys something that your mommy told you, uh, your uh, sergeant told you, or whoever. uh, If you get injured, wash it. Uh, I mean, I took a shower, but as far as cleaning the area, we we took care of my hand immediately with that little bump on my leg. I didn't even think two two ways about it. I don't don't really get injured, uh, and and I don't get severely injured. So, Mm. uh, yeah, wash the area, and uh, that way, I mean, I could have saved myself. uh, I could have saved myself an infection probably. And uh, I could have continued on with, I never get sick, I get injured, I heal, it's no problem, uh, simply by taking some precautions. Hey, you know, we haven't mentioned this in a while. Uh, Larry, I know you like coming to the roundtable on the roundtable recording, which is on Tuesday. And then uh, then you actually get to listen to the episode on Wednesday. I don't want to confuse people, but we record on Tuesday, release on Wednesday. So uh, we have a weekly roundtable episode that we really haven't been promoting 
Uh, we have a, a group of uh, core individuals that uh, come and visit uh, there and uh, talk about uh, Jeeps, and we answer various questions. We had like a, a newbie, a whole newbie episode a uh, week before last where we were trying to explain a lot of the things that are common to us but may be brand new to you, uh, the listener. So uh, if you didn't catch that one, go back a couple of weeks and uh, catch that episode. You'll hear a lot of uh, beginner questions like, what's the largest uh, tire I can put on my Jeep without uh, a lift, uh, for example, which is a common newbie question. Uh, but uh, we, we meet every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Central Time, and uh, it's a Zoom meeting. And all you have to do is go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, the place you go for everything you want to find out about the show as far as uh, how to get on the roundtable episode, how you know how to join the Zoom meeting, uh, how to become a Patreon subscriber, how to send us an email, how to call our voicemail, everything, jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. But anyway, uh, just go over there and you can see how you can join us on Tuesday night at uh, 8 p.m. Central Time. And uh, I've been referring to uh, the pre-party uh, as starting at 7.30 p.m. So if you want to get in there before the show starts and just kind of talk to the folks that are uh, ready to go and uh, and they start joining at uh, uh, an hour before the show <laughs> they start joining the zoom meeting so yeah. uh get in there yeah. uh it'll be running at seven the zoom meeting but by seven thirty p.m central time and uh, you can start chatting and then get ready for the show the round table to start at uh at 8 p.m Blair, how do you like the round table i mean you're there every week so i'm assuming you like it yeah i think i think the round table is fun you get to participate in the show and uh but it's really about all the other jeepers that are there the round table is good, but it's really about the after party. <laughs> yeah, it right? does go on a while, doesn't it? It can, yeah. it can go on till midnight sometimes. And, and, you know, there's been quite a few uh, Jeep fixes talked about in there, several several uh, trips planned out of that. And, uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of activity in there. And, you know, people come in there and some just listen, some join in. And uh, it's a lot of fun. I, I'm really surprised. There's, I mean, I'm a talker, but it seems to me it's uh, those people that just join in and can't, uh, and not, I'm sorry, not can't, but don't say anything. I don't see how they can keep from getting in on the conversation. It's so much fun. And uh, you, you have uh, their opinions. Uh, there's they're, they're pro- pro- prolific opinions. Uh, pro- uh, opinions abound. And it's just, uh, I'm really surprised they can stay out of the conversation. But uh, yeah, I mean, but you certainly can come in there and chat. Nobody's going to call you out. Just uh, have a listen and uh, jump in when you want to. Oh, you know, and it, uh, you said the uh, the thing about uh, getting in there, having fun with the conversation. There's, I forget about the Discord server. We have a Discord yeah. server, Absolutely. which which kind of goes really just goes uh, butts right up against the uh, the roundtable. It's kind of a a texting equivalent to the roundtable that's there, uh, 24 by seven. And uh, we share all kinds of things uh, on the Discord server. Uh, and again, jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Uh, you'll find out all the ways that you can connect with the show. All right. So as we teased in the beginning, a 40-year-old Jeep found while fishing. What do you guys think? Is that something? Is that a fishing hole that you keep secret? It kind of sounds like a, a fishing story at first. <laughs> it yeah, does. A really big one. <laughs> So a Kansas man uh, reeled in a big one while angling for uh, crappy. It's carpy, isn't it? Or is it crappy? <laughs> crappy. Crappy, yeah. I expect to see an O in crappy uh, on the Memorial Day weekend. But this fish story uh, from the trip does not involve an actual fish. You know, I thought about it. I was trying to think of it, you know, like what you said, what kind of bait would you use to catch a jeep? Yeah, or line to reel it in. 
Yeah, well, the line would have to be massive. Uh, <laughs> so uh, apparently, uh, the uh, this gentleman went out to Cheney Lake, uh, and uh, John Mounts, a forty-five of Wichita, Kansas. Uh, he was, uh, uh, I think, he was using a camera, looking for a place to fish for crappie, and he went by, by the damn face to get out uh, of the settler of the winds. And uh, on his side scan, he sees something, and it looked like a roll bar. And he recognized the roll bar, and he says, you know what? That's a Jeep. <laughs> what fish has got a Jeep? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Garmin, Garmin Live Scope is what he was using. And uh, he, he said he could see the, the roll bar and the fender wells. Mm. And he knew he knew exactly what it was because Jeeps are very distinctive. And this was some uh, some Jeep that was some 40 years old, apparently had been stolen in 1990. Well, who steals it and dumps it in the lake? That's I know. Ridiculous. I know. So, uh, yeah, it was a joy ride. I was just going to say it must have been a joy yeah. ride. Was so, there was there any bodies found, too? Well, that's just that's just, just scary. <laughs> well, I mean, if Gee, why would you we, ask? Well, because I mean, typically we have stories on we're the show to where be, people are we're trying to be positive here, and you're going to throw death into the mix. Why are you asking that, Wendy? <laughs> well, Should they have found a body? Well, I don't know. Asking for a friend. Yeah, they find well, a body? That's kind of why I asked. If you said joyride, like is somebody else missing? Maybe they were okay. Never mind. Go on, Tony. Tell us all about this positive story of finding a jeep in the lake. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, anyway, 1990 is when the thing went missing. And the, the strange thing was, is there was a camera, <laughs> and it sat for 13 years in the water and was still able to have the photos taken off of it. What? Yeah. What brand is that? We need to publish that. That's awesome. Yeah, well, I guess it could have been uh, watertight or something, but uh, there's no none of the pictures are here in our show notes, which you can see for episode 853. Uh, at jeeptalkshow.com but uh, apparently they were able to pull some pictures off there maybe that they would help find well you know there's been some stupid criminals that have taken pictures of themselves uh, committing a crime (laughs) so maybe maybe there is some pictures of the people that photos of the joyride (laughs) oh my god back in 1990 i don't know if we were into selfies but it might might have happened Oh, you know what? That's uh, that's right. Because the, the the digital cameras were super super new at that time. That the the bitch of that camera was more expensive than the Jeep that they put Probably. in the water. Probably. <laughs> you then try to find a place to develop nowadays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, this uh, he so apparently he saw lots of fish uh, in and around the Jeep. So he made sure that he went fishing first and worried about the Jeep later. So it's like an underwater so. Kind of sad if, if the fish were all around it all the time. Maybe that was like an underwater escape for them. Yeah, what do you call that? It? It's not a coral reef, but it's the like mm. the man-made uh, coral reef for fishes. Like where a they, habitat? Or- yeah, where they drop yeah. the, the aircraft carriers or, or battleships. Yeah. Or the ships in, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so that was that was kind of cool. No word on what happens with the Jeep. It looks like in, uh, in the picture we have here in our show notes uh, that we'll have on our site, uh, it, it doesn't look like the Jeep is in horrible shape. I mean... Mm. The, the tire, actually, does that look like the tire still holds the air to you guys? I mean, does this no, look it like it's completely look, flat? It's, it looks like it's hanging on there. It's off the rim a little bit, it looks like. Yeah, yeah, so, so what happens to it now? Is someone just come haul it away or someone starts picking it? Hey, I need that fender or I need that whatever. 
Or, or or he preserves it. If he finds it, does he get to keep it, or how does well, that work? Well, there's a good chance the original owner's dead. <laughs> well, 40 years from, yeah. So maybe it's finders keepers. That would be kind of cool. You know, I think it, just having it in some local museum, Jeep Museum, yes. would be rare. I mean, just keeping it exactly the way it is, maybe mm-hmm. doing a little something to preserve it. Uh, would be a, a very interesting thing to do with this. I mean, that's a hell of a story. I mean, what's the odds that you're going to find, uh, you know, maybe a car, but not uh, not necessarily a, a 40-year-old Jeep? Yeah, always always mounts it like a fish. <laughs> that would be good. <laughs> On the board, like in half. Oh, have it turn its head and sing <laughs> yeah. to you. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, we are a little twisted here, for sure. I All still right. want to know if there was any bodies found, because seriously, they need to go dredging that area. Well, they, the bodies were found, but they were all in the crappie. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> the crappies. I'm going to call them crappies. That's crappy. Uh, that's, not, that's not crappie. Anyway, uh, so uh, what do you guys think about getting a warning about a disabled vehicle uh, coming? You know, you're driving down the freeway or the road and stuff, and you get a warning on your Jeep about a dis- disabled vehicle in your path. Do you, I mean, we're on a highway you're talking about, right? So I, would uh, think I don't, so. I don't need anybody to get involved in what I'm doing. <laughs> so I don't want to know. <laughs> no. I don't think I've ever heard of that. Yeah. yeah. So apparently uh, uh, Stellantis, Chrysler, et cetera, is uh, they're l- working on a help system, new disabled vehicle alert technology. Uh, they say it's like a virtual flare gun, which I just, oh. I'd rather see the flare personally. Well, I think that that sounds like it. Jeep Amber warning. <laughs> yeah, yeah Amber but what could possibly go wrong with this? <laughs> well, I mean, if you've got a heads-up display, that's not so bad. But if you got to look, take your eyes off the road, keeping in mind there's a disabled vehicle somewhere in the front of you, and you have to take your eyes off the road to look down at the center display to see what that message is that just popped up. Okay, so I'm seeing de- an issue. Yes, and define disabled. Is that somebody who's has ulterior motives and they disable themselves on purpose to do this alarm so that you have to stop. We see this all the time. No, you're not going to stop. So I don't know. Or did someone just pull a Jeep out of a lake? Who knows? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Emergency alert. There's a, there's a problem here. So, so apparently this is, uh, it's not just a, like an Amber alert, which uh, gets broadcast out from a single point. This is a car to car alert or a Jeep to Jeep alert. So it would warn drivers of disabled vehicles on the road, which kind of goes back to Wendy's point. That means that there's less uh, checking of uh, validity uh, of it. So uh, I don't know how the the vehicle would know it was disabled unless it knew that it was on a roadway and not moving or moving at at a very slow rate. Are they trying to make it so it connects to, let's say, a AAA system or... You know, a tow service or the sheriff or whoever, you know, CHP, whoever's on the actual highway. Or is this supposed to be that you're now supposed to help your neighbor or your future car driver or next door car driver? I'm not sure what they're trying to do here. Well, what it says here is uh, about 1.8 million of the company's vehicles sold since 2018 are equipped with built-in emergency vehicle alert system, EVAS, that works with their Uconnect infotainment systems. Okay. And it does say car-to-car alert. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say that this is uh, not going through a central location, although I do not know how one car is going to transmit to another one because I don't really understand the the full thing about the the, the Uconnect infotainment system. But that Mm -hmm. appears to be what they're saying. So if that's the case, then the, the... it would not require a, a centralized system 
to push out the information uh, from one vehicle to your vehicle. It would go from vehicle to vehicle. I wonder if that's kind of like how a CB puts it out to where if you're if you're close, you'll receive it. If not, then it'll just you know your your system would just ignore it. So do you guys or, remember or channel? Yeah, you guys remember channel nine on the CB. The yes. emergency alert system. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so the, the 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 thing I really loved about Channel Nine was is the people that just sat on Channel Nine, so that when people started talking on Channel Nine that wasn't an emergency, would get on there and explain to them that Channel Nine is an emergency channel and they should get off it. <laughs> well, it, so I'm yeah. thinking that this is probably going to be more as you're driving down the highway. There's an emergency situation. Maybe wake up, pay attention. You know, go back to driving instead of your self driving vehicles. And and then wake up. getting so wake that up. you're not crashing, right? That's probably <laughs> where they're going with this is that it's probably true. People, you know, when you break down and you don't get a chance to get out of the lanes for whatever reason, I think that's where a lot of accidents happen, too. Right. And you're not paying attention. And so it looks like they're going to maybe alert you 15, 20 seconds prior. I don't know if that's even enough time. <laughs> But I guess I can see where that would be a benefit if you're going down the highway at, you know, 75 or 70, whatever the speed limit is in your state, not in California, um, <laughs> that you you would have time to get out of the way. I wonder if it tells you what lane they're in and where their location is. Like, it's in the number two lane or the number, then that's a whole other issue. Do people know what those lane numbers are? Well, if you're doing 75 and you're and you're coming up on a disabled vehicle, the number two lane is the lane you're in because that's what you're going to do when <laughs> you're trying to yeah. swerve out of the way. But <laughs> yeah, the, I'll, I'll, in, for this is help Stellantis, drivers get the alerts up, uh, up to, <laughs> up to See? 20 See? seconds before they reach the disabled or emergency vehicle. Oh, this is interesting. Emergency vehicles. So that's kind of cool. If it, uh, if the, uh, the 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 police car or the EMT vehicle uh, has this uh, H AAS uh, alert safety cloud system or the EVAS system, uh, so that would be kind of neat. I mean, it, it's it's just really a way to alert you that something's going on in front of you. Uh, and 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 I think that the wake up thing is certainly a possibility in coming up in the next several years. But right now, I guess it really has to do with the distracted driver, where you're texting or you're on Instagram or one of the social media things, and you're not paying attention fully to what's in front of you on the road, or just having conversation with whoever's in the car with you, because that is oh, also oh nobody a big talks like that. You just text back and forth. <laughs> right. <laughs> I see, that's how it works. So I wonder if that would link up with all the OnStars and everything else, or if it would strictly be a Stellantis type of uh, type of thing. Well, I think that this uh, EVAS and HAAS system uh, that we really hadn't uh, gone over a lot uh, is uh, is not a specific manufacturer. I think it's a they're they're getting into this system that has been set up. So okay. uh, hazard enhanced location protocol help uh, is being tested for both manual and automatic activation. That can be triggered by an accident or a tire blowout. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, that oh, okay. Is. So it can be triggered. I, I'm sorry. I, I, mis- I misread that. I thought uh, it was saying that uh, it would uh, it would tell you that uh, a tire has been blown out on the vehicle. But really, it's just uh, it's it's setting the uh, the help alert um, if if you have one of those is- issues. Right. And I'm I guess it makes sure. sense if you have a TPMS sensor, you could tell when the tire went low, couldn't you? I, I'm I'm pretty sure you know when a tire blows out. I'm just going to say right. it from, yeah, from first-hand was, experience. That's what was confusing me, yeah. Yeah. If, if, it it signals is, every, I was say, if it signals every time a Wrangler's got a low tire, 
They'd be going off nonstop. <laughs> oh wow! Could you imagine the off-road alerts oh, that you would get because you're, you're aired down? Did Did you get any? I don't know if if you got if you guys get any of this stuff. I don't know if uh, well, I don't think you guys have TPMS sensors in your uh, your JK anymore. We but took them off. whenever I take uh, the the Gladiator off-road. Uh, yeah. Not only do I get the dash display saying the tires are low, but yeah. I get an email from Jeep uh-huh. telling me I need to take the vehicle in for service because <laughs> the, t- the air pressure is low on all I'm four sorry. tires. I'm laughing, but this happens with our students all the time. We're like, just ignore it. Yes, but the buttons are going. It's fine. Just ignore it. Yes. Well, well you get an email, the, Tony. Huh? So what's set up on, on your Gladiator that triggers that? I, the, it's the, tire pressure. I don't know. It, it sends me an alert anytime there's a problem with the, the Gladiator, if, yeah. if it gives a, a check engine or any of that stuff, which I haven't had, but it it's, will send me a message and yeah, let me so know. Whenever you lower your tire pressure below whatever their factory number is, and it seems like each model is different. So we're, you know, we're getting people down to between 15 and 20, depending on the, the tire that they have. It just starts going off and people are like, what's happening? Why do I have this warning? Yes, it's okay. You're fine. You're off-road. You're going to be fine. And then the minute they go back up to pressure. But I think you can go in and actually change that. If you read your owner's manual, um, there are ways to either dis- disengage that or <laughs> get rid of it completely. Um, we, we took our little tire sensors out. We're, we're tired of it. Well, you know, the thing it. that gets me is I have that uh, Taser Mini, which allows me to uh, uh, change the settings. I'm not sure if it mm-hmm. even requires that, come to think of it. But they, they do not let you set the low tire pressure down to, like, off-road pressures. Uh, it, it only go, lets you go down to, like, 28 or 26 or something like that. So dumb. Yeah. And it's an off-road vehicle. I and mean, I'm sure that the engineers, they had an engineer meeting, and they said, well, we don't want people driving on tires that are lower than X, well, I get X it. PSI. Yeah. But they need to have a, uh, a, a button or something in there that you press that's like, yeah. I'm in off-road configuration. Yes, and to that me, I don't understand it. That should just turn off when you go into four low. But not. But you don't always go into four low when you're off road. Like I, we take drives all the time, and we're in regular two. Yep. So I don't know. I think it's interesting. But there's the other one too, where you um, air up your tires and it honks at you. I like that. I know you I don't like it. I like that. Turn it well because you're standing right in front. Usually, that's where your gauge is, where everything's. I don't up. have a gauge. That's why I literally like it. I don't well, have to have a gauge. I just sit there and put it on there and I, let I it know, run until the horn honks. I know where this in, is going. And it still scares me when I'm airing up the front tires. <laughs> you are you are airing you are relying on technology that you think is correct if you don't check those tires and make sure that everything's the same. Well, no, once I, once I've aired it up, I go and look at the dash and that's how I check it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> she got the joke. <laughs> uh, I got it. Yeah, I can see the listeners now going, "Yeah, get him, get him." <laughs> yeah, I knew that was going all when that started. I'm like, "Here we go, here we go." <laughs> but it's it's really very handy, and the the really the cool thing about it is everybody's looking at you, going, "Is that thing telling him whenever the errors are filled up?" Wow, he's cool. <laughs> well, it's it's yeah, really not. It. But go ahead. That's what they're thinking. <laughs> yeah, that's what they're thinking. All right, okay. They're thinking, gosh, I hope I have all my recovery gear because we're going to need... No, I'm just kidding. It's all good. You know, it's it's great that the feature's there. There's a lot of people who've not gone off-roading that this is one way to help them. They don't have to think about or worry. But honestly, you do need to learn what should your tires be at. Just because the factory says 
it's X. Every tire has a different, you know, fill point Absolutely. and a low point. So Absolutely. You need to know based on what your tire is on and the weight of the vehicle. That's right. So that's why you listen to the Jeep Talk Show and we will educate Wait. you the whole way. Not to go down a rabbit hole, but, you know, that was a discussion in one of the Discord rooms that that new Hurricane engine doesn't have a dipstick. And you and it's relied light upon the uh, gauges in the dash to know when your when your oil levels filled. What? <laughs> God. Yes, you know, ma'am. I like the idea of of being able to have a dash indicator about the oil level, but I still think it should have a dipstick. You have to check it. Yeah, no, <laughs> it just you know because if a, a okay. sensor can go bad, a dipstick doesn't usually go bad. It may get lost, but it doesn't generally go bad. So how exactly. so how how do you check it when you go to get your oil changed? And like Tony's story a couple of episodes back, where they um, or Chuck's story where his wife's oil wasn't being changed. Tony, the same thing. How do you check it then? That's that's crazy. Well, uh, this is scares. Well, you guys know. I mean, not that this is a Mercedes show, but you guys know about the Mercedes, right? You can't even open the hood on a Mercedes. Uh, in fact, they have a little door on the uh, the quarter panel just in front of the uh, the driver's door that you press this little thing. It opens up, and that's where you put the window, uh, the windshield wiper uh, fluid in. You can't even open up the hood to put the wiper fluid in there. Get out! Are you serious? I am absolutely serious that you you have to take the Mercedes back to the uh, the dealer and have oh, them see. do anything, tr- dipstick, anything related, because uh, only mm. they can open up the hood. Okay, this cannot yeah. be the way of Jeep. We all need to be working on our Jeeps and learning and doing stuff with our Jeeps. No. Uh, wow. Well, and, and, and this is a bigger uh, a bigger conversation, but you know how uh, the, a lot of companies are trying to uh, remove the right to repair? Right to repair, yep. I think that this is where this is going because they you're not qualified. Uh, <laughs> it, you're not qualified to work on your vehicle because have you're, you been you're to not a certified. Dealer? You're not. Have you been to dealers and found that they were qualified? Have you been to auto body oh, shops? Yeah, you're preaching to the choir here, man. There's I, like ninety percent of them are not qualified. What makes them more qualified than, let's say, my husband who's been wrenching his whole life? Come on. Mm-hmm. Well, some would argue that you don't own everything in there either. Right? Yeah, that's, that, that's another yeah. direction because they want to do uh, where you, uh, and I saw this the other day about uh, buying movies and things. You're not actually buying the movie. You have the right for use and they yeah. can remove that use, that right to use at any future date. So something that you, a movie that you've purchased online and then you don't have a, a physical copy of it or, yeah, yeah, or, or, or even if you do, because the way it's set up with the cloud and all the rest of that stuff, they can remove your ability to play that in the future. So a lot of this stuff is going, I think, the, trying to go the, the direction like Adobe, where they don't want you to own the software. They want you to rent the software every month. They want you to p- provide them income. Yeah. Um, well, it makes sense from a business standpoint, but I also see where in little tiny increments, we're slowly driving all of us to that stage where you won't have to do anything anymore with anything. And it's just, it's not right. So there you go. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, could you imagine, uh, you know, craftsmen will sell you a screwdriver, but it's not really your screwdriver. You just have the right to use it. Make sure you send in your uh, uh, $5 a month so you can keep using that screwdriver. Oh, my gosh. Or you can only turn it left. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or, yeah, never mind. <laughs> which, which is fine with the UPS drivers. <laughs> Jeez, my gosh. Hey, guys, it's Bob. Uh, you were I was just catching up listening to the episode about 
the soft top and people messing with your vehicle, you get a little sticker put on the side, says, the gun is not in here, it's with me. Get in at your own risk. Also, you were talking about uh, someone taking down the tailgate, sitting on the tailgate of your gladiator. You better talk to Chuck, because at SEMA, he just took down a tailgate right in a booth, dropped it down, climbed right up there, and sat down and started waiting to talk to people. So, all right, talk to you guys later. Well, I'll just call Chuck's mom. Let him let uh, let her take care of it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that was the four by E. Oh, was it? Oh, yes, yeah, sir. that was right. That was uh, the the Quadratech uh, underground. Uh, uh, unofficial use only four uh, by E. That's really cool. Are the four the JTE correct or the four by E? Well, JTE made from the four by E. Gotcha. Yes. Very very cool. All righty. So uh, great conversation. Thank guys. I, I, that that was fun talking about uh, the how how the world is screwing up cheats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Where's the noob? Noob. 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 It's time for Newbie Nuggets. Well, I need some Morse code here I can play. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not there yet. I thought I'd give a little ham study update. You know, a couple episodes back, I talked about going for my ham license. Um, well, tell people will, what ham is. There's some people oh, out there that don't, they're, they're getting, their, their mouth, lips are getting moist right now. They're like, what is that? It's amateur radio where you can talk and communicate through repeaters. I actually talk to everybody in the entire world. Not everybody, but people in the entire world um, through repeaters and all kinds of things. And believe me, I'm just kind of beginner, a beginner here. But using an antenna with a radio, there's all kinds of different tech and equipment. It's pretty interesting. So on a level of using your Jeep, there are people who have ham radios in their Jeeps that you can communicate back and forth. Or if you're out by yourself, which we do not recommend, you could actually connect with a repeater if something happened to get help. Um, most of us have gone to GMR, GMRS radios for groups and uh, trail runs just because it's easier as far as what you have to do. You, you pay a one-time fee to get your license and then you have these radios and you can communicate back and forth. Some of them are dual, um, so you can actually uh, listen on two different uh, channels. Uh, anyway, so back to the ham. So I've been studying. Um, I've been using the hamstudy.org. If you're even remotely interested in getting your ham license, you definitely should consider that hamstudy.org. What I love about this program is it's an app. Um, you can go through just tests, but if you get it wrong or make a mistake, they give you the answer and tell you why the answer is correct. There's also a study guide and there's also just regular questions that they go through over and over and you kind of basically memorize it. So what I've learned is that a lot of it is memorization in the beginning. I'm not exactly sure I know what everything I've learned is and how it applies and how it works yet. But talking to people that have hams and have been doing uh, amateur radio for years, you kind of learn later. You have to get your tests so you memorize the questions and then you go from there. There's 35 questions. You have to get uh, seven right, I believe it is, to, I mean, seven, you can't miss more than seven, sorry, to pass. So, um, I've been study, study, study. I felt like I was ready to go. So I went ahead and took the test and guess what? I passed. Mm -hmm. hey, only missed congratulations. Four. I know. I only missed four. So they, uh, the guys were like, are you ready to go for your general? I'm like, no, I haven't studied for that yet. <laughs> 
So, but Bill and I are working toward our general. Bill has his license as well. He passed. He only missed one, darn it. I was trying to beat him, but that's all right. So the general is going to give us more information and more detail, I'm sure, about everything to do with ham. So I'm excited about it, but I just wanted to let everybody know that I passed. So officially, I, I can operate our ham radios that we've had. We've been monitoring and listening for a couple of years, but not actually able to utilize them. So now we can. So uh, after you pass, it takes about 24 hours or maybe more, 48, for the FCC to get that registered. And then they send me information. I pay my $35 fee um, to get my license. It's good for 10 years. Um, and then I'll have an official call sign and I'll be good to go on ham. So pretty so, excited about so it. So let me ask you, when you said $35 in 10 years, isn't that for the GMRS license? Mm -mm, that's for the ham. GMRS is one-time deal. <clears throat> I think it's 35 or I'm not sure what the cost is on that, but that's a one-time fee to get your FRN license for the GMRS. Hmm. Well, I have to so, check it because that uh, the uh, about a year ago it was uh, the GMRS license went from th seventy dollars a year to I'm sorry, not seventy a year, but seventy dollars to thirty five, and you have to renew it every ten years, and it's good for the family. Oh, um, so that I, I'm not sure about. So renewing. I think there's I, a I think there's a fee that you pay the um, uh, the person that gives you the test, but I don't think it's thirty five dollars. Uh, but no, but you just went you through mean, it. I'm just making you mean sure for that ham, yeah, for but, ham, but there just, was a fee for the test. Yes, but you just went through it. Uh, but I, I don't want to give out uh, wrong information to anybody that's interested in getting a ham license. That's the reason why I'm questioning about it. Right, because I think so, you got the two confused. No, it's I still have to pay FCC a fee once I get once they recognize that I've passed the test. They're going to send me a bill basically that I have to pay, and I believe it's thirty five dollars. For FCC, they will issue my license, and that's good for ten years. Okay, just GMRS doing, doing is, a quick yeah. look up. It looks like it's similar to the the GMRS, uh, but they just started this in April of 2022. So this is uh, so this is something new to me. Uh, yeah, fifteen dollars to take the exam, mm -hmm. and uh, thirty five dollars uh, to for the license. Okay, so it looks like right. they're kind of doing the same thing for the GMRS. Sorry, sorry, Wendy. I just want to make sure we're giving out the, the right information. No, it sounds like we're getting you the, the two yeah. two crossed over. No, so completely different. So let me let me uh, tell you guys something, and, and really, this is just to make you feel bad and how lucky you are for what you have to go through to get a, a license. If you will think about if uh, think about this, if you will, uh, and perhaps this is before you were born. Uh, in uh, 1976, I went to get my general license. Uh, it was actually I got a techni technician license first. Uh, there was no cost involved. However, uh, I had to travel to an FCC field office, mm -hmm. and the nearest one was 20 miles away in Houston, downtown Houston. Wow. And I had to learn uh, 13 word per minute Morse code uh, to be able to receive 13 words per minute Morse code uh, and take a 50 question, maybe less, uh, multiple guess uh, test. And I went in and the, the multiple guess test was, was simple. I, I passed that easily every time. But the Morse code test took me six tries, I think, before I was able to get my general license. So at the age of 16, I was driving 20 miles plus in the downtown, paying for parking, going wow. up to the uh, 13th floor, whatever it was, for the FCC field office and, and taking that test with a group of people. <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> so that's how you did it then. And then, and then once you passed, you had to wait at least six weeks for the license to arrive in the mailbox. That was a nice little jog out to the mailbox every day, including day one, because even though it had six weeks hadn't passed, it, there was always a possibility that it was going to come the next day, right? <laughs> yeah, right. So things have updated. Oh, um, yeah. So what happens now is you don't have to go take the test if you don't want to. There still are field offices you can go to. Everything's on Zoom if you want, which makes it great. Oh, wow. Um, that is great news. You have to have, so I, we, I use an iPad and then I had my cam, my phone as a, another camera. They have to see everything that you're doing. And there's three other general license or above technicians who are watching you. It's done in a whole professional way. Um, the test is done on a link and it's just like the hamstudy.org that I've been using. So it was no different for that as far as the questions and what they were doing. Um, that will take, so... Once you take the test, and they're quiet, by the way, while you're taking the test, you don't even realize that they're there watching, but they need to make sure that there's nothing on the desk. You cannot have anything, cannot use a calculator. You cannot do any of that stuff. You have to, and the paper has to be blank. So when I first started, the paper's blank. They want to see both sides, and then I could write things on the paper. So if I had a formula or I put down the Ohm's law and that, because it helps me visually to see what those letters are. And um, then you start the test. It's not timed, which is really cool. Um, when they're done, they, they grade uh, almost instant, just like the hamstudy.org. You know whether you've passed or not. You can see how many you missed or didn't miss. They come back on, kind of give you more information about what's going to happen next. Within, 12, within 24 hours, they will process that information. So three people had to sign off that I passed. And then they... Um, put that in with the FCC and then probably a couple of days I'll get something from the FCC to pay. The minute I pay that, then it's good to go and then I'll get an official uh, card, if you will. It's not really a card, but a license in the mail from FCC. But once it's once FCC recognizes it and posts it on their site, then it's official. So just because I've passed, I, I'm not official yet. I have to wait to, for the FCC to actually list it. Mm -hmm. So And then that's right. it. So it's super easy to do. You don't have to go anywhere to take the test. You don't have to drive anywhere like Tony did. Oh, and there's no Morse code. Thank you. Oh yeah, and, I forgot and, to mention that. That, that well, sorry, that part really scares the hell out of people. So yeah. so what do you, your your first test? The difference between the first test you took and a general test. What's the difference in what you can do and all that? Um, so there's different bands. There'll be more that we can do in the general. The technician is really sort of basic. Um, going to be in that the lower bands and that kind of stuff. The general is going to allow us to reach out further, in a sense. Um, okay. And it's the same. There'll be 35 questions with that one, I understand. Um, and I think it's the same ratio that you can't miss more than seven. Um, the questions are definitely going to be more detailed. I've already started it. Um, going, whew, I have no idea what some of this stuff means. And again, being told, just get through the test, memorize it, and then you'll start to learn as you do things. So. Yeah. And so, so I let me tell you tell you this way, Larry, uh, and and the listeners out there. General, uh, the main difference for it, and there's a there's a big difference, but the main difference is is that you can transmit voice uh, communication on HF, which is the bands that go around the world. So if you want to talk to somebody in France or Russia or you know just around the world, 
uh, HF is, is what uh, where you'd want to be, like 20 meters. And that would be, you would need a general license, a general class license to be able to legally do that. Whereas a technician license is, is generally good for uh, like uh, 6 meters, 2 meters, 70 centimeters and above, which is generally speaking local. So 30 miles, 100 miles uh, maximum. So the, the draw for a general license is to be able to do, the, do that magic of talking around the world. And in some cases, and I've done this, where you can uh, uh, transmit a signal out and then after a, a brief delay, hear your transmission because it's gone all the way around the world. And back, oh, that's cool. Yes. Yeah. So it's a lot of fun. It's very, very nerdy. Uh, but uh, it was the way that uh, the, the, the United States and countries around the world used to do transatlantic, transpacific uh, communication. It was the only way that you could uh, communicate around the world before satellites. Yeah, well, I'll have to check that out, Wendy, that hamstudy.org. Uh, because I've been looking at possibly getting into it, so I'll have to check out that site to see. Uh, it's you know, really how to get amazing. Started. Yeah, and like I said, you have you can take these. T- random tests which are 35 questions that they randomly pull from about 400 and then just switch it around or you can do the study guide or and it's all there on the app larry it's super easy to do so there were times when i just did review questions and it just rotates through and if you miss some you can at, on that section you can say i don't know and they'll give you the answer but you can also click to see well why was that the answer like i like i want to know what all the math is as far as you know the conversions and how to how to figure out what the questions mean. It was so helpful okay, for me because because I I didn't come from a electrical background. I mean, Bill had it. He's been a contractor for how many years? The man knows all kinds of stuff. I had to learn things like what the difference between current and amps and uh, ugh, I didn't know. And at the beginning, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is going to be over my head. But really, the more you do it, the more you study. And it's just simple. I could take a test, one or two of them every night. Or I go to sleep or, you know, during the daytime on my breaks, you know, take another test, another test and just keep learning. And believe it or not, you start to memorize and know formulas and how things work. So I felt really confident doing it. The general license, I'm back to square one (laughs) again because they don't ask the same questions. But what I found, Tony, you might appreciate this. Some of the questions in the general that are very foreign to me right now, um, I can figure out the answers based on the information I got from the technician learning oh, that. Yeah. yeah. So it, that was kind of interesting. At least it's going to carry over a little bit. So that was helpful for me. So. Well, and I think any of this information, it's, I mean, it's like uh, if you ever watched any of the airplane movies, it's like uh, just knowing the basics of how to fly an airplane. You think, well, if I, if I don't eat the fish uh, on the meal, I, I might be able to save everybody on the plane because I've, right. uh, I've learned a little bit about flying. And <laughs> you, you never know what this knowledge may do for you uh, about how to hook up an antenna, uh, yep. you know, on in a, an emergency situation. So, yeah, I, I think it's a great thing to have. And I've really, this is very interesting information that you're providing. I love the idea of uh, you don't even have to go to a, a VE session to get nope. a license anymore. You Not can just anymore. do it on Zoom. Yeah, and I don't know if you know, they have three. They have the technician, the general, and the extra is above. Um, so that's there's three levels mm-hmm. of licenses that you can get. And so how far, I, are you, how far are you going to take it? General right now. <laughs> that's, I, I think the, I, because I think the other one gets into like quantum physics. One of our guys was saying, yeah, you got to have more of the different background. I don't know. I'm going to be open to it. When I first started this, Larry, I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to do it. And I passed and I feel confident with it. So mm-hmm. I feel if I could do it, 
anybody could do it because that's that hamstudy.org is amazing that that was the way to go oh and i and i'll mention the best way to learn something is to actually learn all the details about it yes but, but if you're if you're like me i'm much more i'm a much better learner whenever i have a uh, a reason to uh, a, a better way of understanding it if i'm just mm -hmm. trying to learn it dry it may not i may not remember it because i don't understand how it connects together uh, yeah. It's one of the things that kept me from doing well in algebra until I just gave up and learned the rules. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, I'm not going to exactly. be able to understand this. Yeah, How do I just can't apply it. Yeah. 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 So uh, yeah. that this kind of allows you to uh, study the study the questions, get the, the license, and then start learning by using the radio and experiencing what you're, well, what's going on and doing the calculations and stuff. And there's not that many calculations. But no. I think the, one of the ones, the ones that I like the most and use the most was the antenna calculations. Yes, uh, the half, half wavelength and yeah. quarter. Yeah. It, it, and one easy. of the easiest things and, and, and really fun to do is make antennas uh, for your radio and, and be successful at it. It's, it's actually yeah. pretty easy. And once you have the basic formula, and it's a very simple, it's just a divide by formula, mm -hmm. And to come up with the length of the antenna, it's like, oh wow, this makes sense. And yeah. I, I'm still, I still marvel at the fact that different frequencies have different antenna lengths. And then once you know that, you can start looking around at antennas on vehicles, at houses, mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. And go, oh, that's a blah yeah. blah blah. That's a, that's a CB antenna. That's a ham radio antenna. It's probably for 20 meters. And and all of a sudden, you have this ability to uh, look at something and instantly know something that most people don't. Well, and here's something you guys will like. So we had both the GMS and the ham uh, antennas mounted between the tire carrier and the back of our Jeep. Been there for a while, not a big deal. And uh, we got that 50-watt radio from Midland, and it would run for a while, and then it would blow a fuse. And then Bill's like, what the heck? So there's, there was no, he had to dig down to find the instructions, by the way. We got instructions with the radio, but he had to dig further, deeper. Had to get somebody help us out to figure out what was going on with that. And it's actually a 15 amp, I mean, a 15 watt fuse instead of the five or something that was, in. anyway, it doesn't matter. So what we discovered was the antennas, where they were pushed in the back, when you do the meters and you figure out what's going on, they had to be moved, we moved them to the front of the Jeep now. Because we were blowing fuses and it wasn't working. So we would never have been able to figure this out had we not actually gone through this. So we have an antenna on each side of the front of the Jeep. They're small, tiny, you don't really even notice them. Um, but now we have no problem transmitting. So there's something you learned that I didn't know idea that you could have interference. There was too much metal in the back because our tire carriers, mostly all metal. And it's welded onto the back of the door. So... I mean, not to the back of the door. It's welded onto the bumper. So we have this heavy-duty bumper. We have all this metal back there. So there was all this interference making it difficult for those um, antennas to operate properly. So it was pretty cool. Learn something use. every day. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Did I wouldn't uh, following up completely along? Did you say that you have your license, or you're waiting to to pay and get your license? Correct. I passed. Uh, actually today when we're recording it. Oh, okay. So by the time this airs, I'll probably have already paid for it. 
and then just waiting to get the actual physical number mm-hmm. and whatever else. So yeah, yeah I was just going to ask you if you would uh, you wanted to share your license with us, but you don't have that yet. So you'll let I don't us have know. it yet. Yeah, I'll do that. Know. I'll do an update later on that. That'll be fun. So we've had a great co- group of conversations tonight. So we are going to skip the Gladiator update, and you'll have to look forward to that one in our uh, Thursday episode uh, this week coming up in just a couple of days. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And you guys talked about trail etiquette. And I get, I get asked a lot of questions. It's mostly, are you aware how fast you're going? <laughs> and are you fully licensed to operate the toaster? Oh, God. But I'm also asked about trail etiquette. And my answer always is, trail etiquette is always kindness and respect. If you treat everybody with kindness and respect, any trail issue will probably be resolved. Correct. But that's not why I'm calling. I'm calling to tell you that I had a great joke about elevators. Yeah, it works on so many levels. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right, boys and girls, I'll chat you later, and you have a good one. Bye. Uh, I don't know about that one. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, coming up on this week's interview episode, the duck lady herself, Allison Parliament, uh, from Duck Duck Jeep. All right, and your must-have stuff pick of the week for your Jeep, steel dead pedal driver foot rest. I, mean, I get the feeling I'm reading some Chinese uh, instructions here. <laughs> uh, pad kick panel compatible with 2008 through 2023 Jeep Wrangler JL and Gladiator uh, JT. Not compatible with the 2022 4xE hybrid model, which is interesting. I wonder what's on the uh, the side there that, uh, uh, that's not where the batteries is located, I'm thinking. Anyway, it's just, uh, it's just a place where you sit your foot, uh, and it's uh, $23.99 off of Amazon. You can get the link to this straight off of uh, the show notes for episode 853. You know, the left pedal is provided, and the non-slip design is provided to to provide, I'm just reading what this what's on the, the <laughs> Amazon thing. A comfortable pedal uh, pedaling feeling. Oh, this is definitely a translation, <laughs> which helps reduce leg fatigue and does not require left foot support uh, during driving. There's always, uh, I'm sorry, there are four ways to adjust the height and length, uh, thereby reducing the pain with the left leg. Uh, made of sturdy, durable steel, well, one would hope, uh, and uh, it has undergone a, a second comprehensive upgrade to increase the strength of the product and uses a textured powder coating, uh, which has excellent durability and a- aesthetics. Does anybody, has everybody, anybody ever used one of these things? It's just a, a pedal that you can rest your foot on. A long I'm time just, ago, cars came that yes, way, right? yeah. They all I'm came just thinking I could, I could have four pedals then. <laughs> oh boy, you need four feet. <laughs> you know what? It needs to. They need to come out with one with those little rollers on there, so that you can actually use oh, it as a foot massage. massage. Yeah, oh, great. One more distraction <laughs> while driving. That's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, these, I, I think, I, I thought about getting one of these because I thought it would be very handy for long trips. Because instead of just having your your foot sitting on the floor, you could actually extend it. And you'd have something to hold it in place 
so now you're kind of uh, you can kind of push on it you can kind of get the blood flow especially if you're on a long duration trip uh, I like the idea of it but you never know what do we always say here no modification goes unpunished exactly. you never you never know when you put that there what it's going to get in the way of and I don't exactly. mean I don't mean this going to cause you problems driving but like if you go in to you know run a line for a radio or something <laughs> is it gotten is that going to now be in the way where you have to move this thing out of the way and yeah. be able to get to stuff but uh yeah you know so just keep that in mind before you install this thing but at 23 bucks uh a nice hunk of metal and a place to rest your foot i think it's a it's, it's a good upgrade i think it depends on what you're doing too you know if you're wheeling all the time and you're not on those high, long highway trips like you just did to EGS. Maybe you don't need it. I don't know. Well, not all of us are five minutes away from gold metal. <laughs> Sorry. I, I don't know. Somebody once told me if you wanted comfort, buy a Cadillac. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> wise, wise individual. <laughs> well, thanks for listening to this episode of the Deep Talk Show. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback does help us improve the show and reach more Jeep enthusiasts just like yourself. And don't forget to follow us on social media like Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Sign up for all of our email newsletter and stay up to date on the latest Jeep news, events, and giveaways. Finally, if you have any questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes, we would love to hear from you. Go to deeptalkshow.com contact and you'll find multiple ways to contact us. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you on the next episode of the Deep Talk Show. Do you ever wonder if you had infinite time and infinite funds? How long would it take you to have uh, to actually be done building your Jeep? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a great question because it could be either way. Jeeps are Unlimited. never Jeeps are never are done. They are yeah. never, never done. done. That's that's the trick question. <laughs> Love it. Broadcasting since 2010.